Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They is buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wow. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20. Down. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. Yeah, right. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday to you. February 9th, 2024. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen on your Friday morning. Beautiful weather out. Feels like a April or May morning more than it does uh, a February, but it's Super Bowl weekend. It's big UK basketball weekend. And we're excited to be doing some radio this morning. Nick Roush, how are you? I'm doing outstanding. I couldn't find the unmute button there for a second. Um, but uh, woke up. I I even was up a little late last night, uh, but I'm still feeling refreshed, just excited to get this Friday rocking and rolling. Um, I did something that I never, ever, ever do uh, last night, which is, I watched something live on YouTube, and it was uh, your favorite trivia show, The Dozen. They they were having – I just finished taping a podcast with Luckett last night, and I'm scrolling, and, I, oh, they're doing this live? Let me click on it. Love the – just fun, fun, friendly competition. Love the geography questions, too. Which state capitals are the closest? And I used to be able to rattle off all of them. So disappointed that – I forgot Oregon State Capitol. I thought it was Eugene. Salem. Yeah. Like I, I was like Salem. I thought Salem was where the witches were. Like what what the hell? No, that's in Massachusetts. Right. You you're allowed to have multiple Salems? Mm-hmm. And you wait till you hear about the the West and East Coast Portland. There's a Salem, Indiana, too. What, what? that was my rival no, in high school. You ever been to Baghdad? Kentucky? Baghdad, yeah, uh, driving on US sixty. There you go. Yeah, I, uh, I love the dozen. It's my second favorite trivia show besides Corey Price trivia on Thursdays on Kentucky Roll Call. I'm mad at the dozen this week though because they're off their regular programming because it's Super Bowl weekend. So I think last night and maybe today are the only shows they're doing, or maybe only last night. So normally that's our dinner. Just we eat dinner, and in the background there's trivia, and I'll. You know, I'll, it's basically my dinner entertainment more than anything else. But, yeah, we haven't been able to do that this week because 
no new episodes because they're doing the Super Bowl. So I'll probably watch that today or tonight or maybe next week. Was but it was good. You liked it. They had it was they had some special guests, didn't they? Uh, yeah. So they had Greg Olson on Portnoy's team. Uh, Josh Allen was on three three like Greg team. Yeah, three like Greg. Uh, they had uh, Gary V. Who 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 cares about that guy? But also Carrot Top who. <laughs> He only knew one of the geography questions just because of being a touring stand-up. He was asking for cities. He's like, oh, I know this one. I think that was the only question he got right. But I just, knowing what it takes to do the most basic productions, um, and like obviously they should be able to do this. They're a huge company. But like, I'm just so impressed by the level of production and the scheduling. Just thinking about what all goes into all that they do to make those shows and like run it on a tight schedule for one week in Vegas. I'm, I, I was just, I don't want to say floored, but just even just like getting the graphics for all the questions up and having everything run on time and kind of smoothly. I'm like, wow, like that. Well done. Uh, I, I'm, I'm glad that I'm doing less of the production and more of the talent lately. Cause I know that's what they're doing and that's hard work too. But the production, uh, it, it's just like to be in all the different places and have these homes running out and everything. It's it's impressive. So, uh, yeah. You're doing that. Where are you doing the talent at? Where could we find some of your talent? I, I, I really set myself up. For Got that. him. Scoots, how are you doing on this Friday morning? I am. Guys, I am a thousand times better than I have been the rest of the week. I am. I'm ecstatic. I went and bought some decongestant yesterday. I bought some. Due to a recommendation from the text line on the Rutherford show, I went and bought these nasal breathe right strips. Put it on that. Put it on last night while I was sleeping. Oh man, I feel like a new man today. I, I haven't even saying, haven't blown my nose once yet today. I haven't sneezed yet today. I'm I'm pumped. The, those are those work. I thought that was just. Uh, I used to put a nasal strip on my running back when I was customizing him for NCAA 2008. <laughs> Because I just thought it looked cool, but I thought I, I didn't know those actually worked. I thought that they were just all all for looks. I I can't tell you the science behind them. It, it when I took it out of the packaging and I was looking at it, I was like, "How the hell does this thing make you breathe better?" It doesn't make any lick of sense to me. But I can tell you, I only woke up one time last night, I think, and I slept like a champ. Breathed through my nose all night. It was it was awesome. I never never thought it would be so great to feel so normal. <laughs> Oh, you've got your mute on uh, their sports soccer. Scoots, I think you're supposed to take it off, though, in the morning and not keep wearing it all day. I did take it off. But it, it, it actually, you wouldn't even be able to tell, pal, because it was the clear nasal strip. Gil couldn't even see it, and I was standing right next to him. But I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. Uh, when I took it off this morning when I woke up, I was admittedly a little disturbed because the sides of my nose are, like, all swollen up, like where it, I guess – just continued to pull on my nostrils all night. So that's a little concerning, but hopefully that goes away in due time. And the good news is you can just go play linebacker for the 49ers. That's this right. Weekend. Come on. Strip. I do like scoots, like walking into the man living room and being like, notice anything different, Gil. <laughs> and like you spin around and you're like, what? notice anything now. And Gil's just like, I, what? go away. Like, what do you do? I, I know. I don't notice anything at all. That's pretty so well exactly my, how it played out. 
What about my nose? <laughs> that was almost verbatim how it worked out. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're feeling better. I know this week's been tough on you, and that's good. That's a special feeling when you kind of kick a, a sickness or just kind of feeling whatever right in time for the weekend. Yeah, for sure. And I, I've got a boring weekend coming up, so I'm pumped. That's probably good news for you, though. Yeah, yeah. great news. Going to get out on the links? Uh, I would like to tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Although, yeah, it's going to rain. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Yeah. We'll see about the weather. I'd like to. Yeah. I couldn't believe how great it felt this morning. Hopefully, you're able to get out and enjoy it. Stop at a Thornton's. Get you ready to go with a breakfast sandwich, fresh fruit, all sorts of deals. They've got lunch sandwiches if you just want to pick up your lunch for the day. Uh, they make it easy for you. That's why we make it easy on the grab-and-go texters on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. You send it in in the first segment. We will read it. That's a promise. I think this is the cleanest start I've heard from KRC in decades, says one texter on the Thornton's morning <laughs> grab-and-go texter. Coincidentally enough, we actually practiced this morning, a.k.a., hey, how do you sound? Ooh, yeah, you need to fix that. Okay, we're all good. And boom, made for a clean start. Look at that. I, I'm not sure that that didn't go over air, but I mean, all y'all are doing is counting to three, so I don't, I don't see that being an issue. So if you're ever listening to KRC before KRC starts, and you just hear a one, two, three, that's just us testing. Don't worry about it. The that's it's weird what my issue is. It's literally just the plug in, plug out, and it's good, to, good to go. But initially, it always sounds horrible. But thank you for noticing our good start. We, you know, we pride ourselves on not having any technical difficulties at this station. So that's a point of pride for for all of us. Is uh, winning money going to be a point of pride for Roush this weekend? Are you are you gearing up for a big gambling weekend? Mostly just Super Bowl. Um, I don't. We'll see what. How I'm feeling about the uh, UK game? Like, wh- I I don't know what the line will be for the UK Gonzaga game. I, if it's less than four and a half, I'll probably take the Cats, um, and then sprinkle in some player props and stuff like that. Um, but well, I, I I'm not sure. What, what do you think the line's going to be? UK Gonzaga won't be won't be less than four and a half. I can guarantee you that it's going to be closer to seven and a half. I bet seven and a half. I guarantee it. Really? Guarantee it. Mark it down. Scoots is pretty good at his spreads. Always underrated in all this is that like I'm maybe slightly better at the spread stuff than Scoots, but he just gets the credit. He he gets the credit for it because he he'll take my spreads. He'll go to Spears and they'll be like, "Wow, you're on the how'd you know this, Wiz Kid?" I mean, and uh, you know how to work a phone. Scoots Kim Palm is usually just like the spread predictor and they have it at three. So you might be so wrong. The most, I would be in the history of wrongness. I would be floored if it was less than four and a half. I I just couldn't imagine that being the scenario because Gonzaga has not played well this season. Kentucky is at home. Granted, they have dropped a couple games at home. So maybe that's played a factor. I don't, I don't know, but I I wouldn't expect it to be anything less than six. I think it'll be five. Okay. Um, I think the total is also, if it's anything under, if it's anything in the 150s, you got to go over, right? These teams should be playing. Yeah, I think they'll go like 164 over under will be my it's guess. It's a Five-point spread over under about 164. Give me a couple points either way. There you go. Okay. We'll see. And I think I'll take the Cats. I, I, I think this – We'll talk more about the game as the show goes on. Sometimes I always forget, like, we, we only, this is only two hours, so sometimes when I try to punt conversations down the road, we end up not getting to them. It's going to be a fun show today. 
But I, I think this will be a game that Gonzaga is not going to roll over and get pummeled. But I'm thinking buffer zone for the most part, Roush, with some runs on both sides. I think Kentucky will be up by like six, seven most of the game. Gonzaga will go on a run or two to tie it up. Kentucky will go on a run or two to make it like a 10 or 11 point game where you feel like they may just blow that thing open. But I think we'll be not necessarily sweating it out down to the final possession, but it will be like, hey, make your free throws. Don't do anything you know, super stupid. And as long as you just take care of the ball, you should be able to win this game. That's how I'm seeing it. That's how I'm feeling it playing out. And Kentucky will end up winning something like 90 to 83 or somewhere in that ballpark. And we'll get final predictions and MVP picks later on the show. But I'm feeling good about tomorrow. I and that's a, that's a weird feeling to feel, not knowing is DJ going to play, is Trey going to play. Earlier in the week, you had Jack somewhat suggest he did not think Trey was going to be ready to go on Saturday. Uh, we'll see. Kentucky looked all right without him on Tuesday, but it was Vanderbilt. And then DJ, I don't know if he's a bigger mystery or not. I guess it just depends how much stock you put into UK's injuries. But based on all the scuttlebutt, it would seem to suggest he is getting very close, if not ready to go on Saturday, Roush. What is your feel on the current state of UK injuries heading into this big game? I'm expecting neither to play, just because the less I have my expectations up, the better it is for my mental health. And that That's purely what it is. I don't think it's anything other than that. So don't read into that as any inside scoop or anything like that. Um, but I just, I, I would much rather be pleasantly surprised than the opposite. So um, that, that that's where I'm at. And I don't, I don't think it should matter a ton. I mean, yes, it. You, you'd rather have DJ, but I just think part of the reason why I'm feeling good is because Kentucky's never lost three games in a row at Rep Arena. I mean that this team's this team can't be the one that adds that bit of history to it. Uh, they look good against. A bad Vandy team and Gonzaga, they're they're not Vanderbilt, but also they aren't world beaters defensively, right? Like that's kind of their that you you would think Kentucky should be able to score against these guys. Um, so if nothing else, it should be at least be a high scoring affair. Um, and I, yeah, so I, I'm not I'm not worried too much about the I'm not I'm not spending a lot of um, sweat on. Is dangerous. Yeah, yeah. And I think we've said as much on roll call that like we're not gonna we're not gonna get worked up over injuries if they're out there. Cool. If they're not, then we're not gonna get we're not gonna cry about it because there's nothing we can do about the whole thing. Um, I, I thought DJ was maybe gonna play against Tennessee, so I obviously think that he. And then once he didn't play against Tennessee, I didn't think you were gonna roll him out there against Vandy necessarily. But I don't know. Based on what people are saying, maybe you get closer. Cal did have a quote during his his coaches show on Wednesday he said in a week or two I think we'll have everybody so that may not necessarily mean tomorrow I know some people though from a betting standpoint they don't want to touch it unless they know one way or another they don't want to be surprised by it probably a smart betting strategy to go about it but this is a UK team without DJ Wagner they couldn't beat UNC Wilmington they couldn't beat Florida at home they couldn't beat Tennessee at home all those games at home so if they don't have him despite what happened Tuesday at Vanderbilt 
Roush. It will change the dynamics of this game not having Wagner or Mitchell for that matter. Yeah, and I, I think it's more important with Wagner though um, because Mitchell. Uh, I agree, and and, and and I also just feel like Wagner could be closer to get in there. So, um, but. I kind of would have liked to see UK without Trey Mitchell against Florida or Tennessee. Not without Trey Mitchell. We love Trey Mitchell. He's really good. But without that Trey Mitchell, without the hurt playing through injuries Trey Mitchell, because that one, I think he did hurt Kentucky. I think he was a liability in those games. Uh, Rebounding. Rebounding, shot making, you know, you're trusting. In this offense, if somebody's open, you're counting on them to make the shots because – that's the way this offense operates with shot making. It's not necessarily offensive rebounds or throwing it into the post and letting Oscar get his or miss and then get his rebound and then get his. With with your stretch four, you need to knock down your open shots. And that and Trey was just not doing that. And you're right, Roush. The rebounding and effort, I think, is where it was more noticeable too. Yeah. Um, and you're going up against a team in Gonzaga who's 91st and three-point defense. They don't force, they don't create turnovers really. Um, defensively, so you one would think that the Kentucky offense should be right for taking advantage of that. I just I would like to see them get out to a much much faster start than what we've seen throughout the season. And I I still don't. I know that the conversation typically revolves around changing the starting lineup. I don't think that's a necessity. But like, hey, just don't the Tennessee. That was the worst thing that could have possibly happened was that start. I mean, they were down, was it 13 to three in the blink of an eye? It just don't, just don't let Gonzaga get an early lead, a comfortable lead. Let this at least be a little bit of fireworks or just something. You can't just dig yourself in a hole right off the jump and set yourself behind the eight ball because then the whole game, it just, it changes the whole dynamic of the game when you're, feel like you're just trying to play catch up right at least just get your feet underneath you and don't play from behind this team has a, a tough time playing from behind and uh, they they were able to get back in that Tennessee game they were able to make it interesting at halftime you thought all right that was not a great half but Kentucky's right here in this thing and, and, and if they go on another big burst maybe maybe they go on to win but I've said this frequently but I haven't really dove into why I feel this way but the margin of error for this team is thin and that's never what you want to say going into a March tournament, we still have a month before then, so we'll see where this team is then. But you want a team where, like, all right, if shooting doesn't go well, we still feel like we can win. If we have a bad defensive game, we feel like we have the horses that can keep up. And a a lot of stuff is going to – like, this team was dominant. They lost two games all year. But, like, the 2012 team, they could be having a C game and still find a way to win. This UK team, they really can't have a C game and win. Yeah. Uh, C game's going to get them a loss pretty much to almost anybody on on the schedule. Maybe maybe a few exceptions here or there. But their margin for error is thin. And when I know a lot of people have been clamoring for an offensive-oriented team, more three-point shooting, get rid of that archaic offense. I had a bit of an issue with Kyle Tucker's tweet yesterday being like, you got to give John Calipari credit for changing. It hasn't been perfect, but he was willing to make some offensive adjustments to the big picture philosophy. Stop. Like, we have got to stop doing that. I like Kyle, but Cal has always played to his strengths. He's always, 
always, always played to his strength with like one exception, Scalabissier, and maybe like one more that he just kind of tried to do something else with and it didn't work out. Maybe Quad A Green, giving him as much time as he did instead of just giving the entire show to Shea. That was probably not the smartest decision. He'll make coaching mistakes, but one mistake he very, very, very rarely, if ever, makes is play is not playing to his team's strength. This team strength is offense. This team strength is spreading the floor and shooting, and that's what this team is doing. I refuse to believe in the offseason, Cal was just like, and we're going to reinvent the wheel here, and people aren't even going to recognize this UK offense. No, you've got great shooters, and that's how Cal's operating with it. But when you've got a great shooting team that is so inefficient defensively and struggles so much defensively, Roush, you have to be making your shots, first and foremost. So that's when you're set up this way, that's the big caveat. They're like, oh, okay, you're going to be offensive-oriented. So what that means is if you have a bad shooting night, you're probably going to lose. Or you're going to find yourself, best-case scenario, in a dogfight trying to find ways to scramble out of it. Another thing that – like, I hope next year Cal has a, a revelation to get back to some good defensive teams while also being good offensively. Because when you're not good defensively either, Roush – if you're playing a team that's decent at scoring, which Gonzaga is, they're, they're really not a great outside shooting team, which maybe should make us feel a little bit better, but also it's going to make it that much more painful when they hit like another 15 threes like they did against Portland. They're not a great shooting team, but they did just hit 15 threes against Portland. But to sum up this entire point, defensively, when you're not great, you're basically just giving the offense $2 for scratchers to say, like, hey, get hot. Okay, we scratched this one off. No winner here. Okay, UK's defense says, hey, or take another $2 and get yourself another scratcher. And you're basically just waiting for them to get hot. When you're not good defensively, you're waiting for the other team to get hot. And in basketball, it's so much seeing a shot go in, getting comfortable, getting some rhythm. And the way this team's set up is they allow players to get hot. Even if they miss several shots in a row, you're going to get a ton of possessions in this game. So keep firing and keep shooting. I don't love this style of play that Cal's playing from a winning perspective, but I do love it from an entertainment perspective. This team's really, really fun to watch. But Roush, against good teams, they really need to be good. Like, they really need to be making their shots. Um, And if they're not, if they're not, they're either going to lose or it's going to be a really, really close game. But this style of play makes it easy for teams to hang around, which is frustrating. So I don't think Cal's changed big picture. I do still think that this is kind of a thin margin for error for this team, but we still need to see it at full health, and maybe that will maybe that'll change some of this. They can get better defensively. How much? I don't know. I would. The only thing I would argue is that um, he recruited more shooters, and so that's his change. Instead of recruiting like a bunch of six foot eight small forwards that are athletic and good at driving the basket, of which he did. He got one of them in getting Justin Edwards, but he got Reed and Rob to join Reeves, who is from the portal. Pretty darn good shooter. He got a stretch four from the portal uh, in Trey Mitchell. So I, I think that would just be the only argument is he's recruiting more shooters. And I wouldn't say it's a big picture take either because what could he's recruiting next year? Bunch of big guys, not a lot of shooters, right? Outside of the best shooter in Kentucky basketball history, high school basketball history. But, you know, I, you, you wonder about it long term just based on what the roster is going to look like next year. And, and, I'll, and that's a good point, but I'll push back on it a little bit. Like, he's always brought in some shooters. And this year, really, the only shooters were Dillingham and Shepard. 
Joey Hart, but nobody, you know, he was brought in as a reserve. Jordan Burks is a good offensive player. He probably fits your your conversation. But, like, DJ Wagner wasn't known for his shooting. Bradshaw's a stretch four, but nobody thought he was going to be some, like, three-point sensation. Justin Edwards was never considered a great shooter. Uh, Big Z is, is a great shooter. But, like, yeah. he's always recruited a shooter or a couple shooters in a class. That, that's my thing is I feel like there's always ah. There's a there's always ah, Deron Lamb, ah, Jamal Murray. But this one had hmm. three, you know. Uh, yeah, and he, sure. he needs it because DJ's been out, right? Like all these people have been out. Yeah. Um, but to to your other point, though, it is it is weird to see, and I it's kind of a conversation we've had about football where you wonder, well, is that philosophy, is that defensive philosophy have to change because the game is changing? Because big picture, like. There's been this steady regression of defense, and Cal's always been a defensive coach first. Uh, that's just, I mean, the 2015 team, they were the freaking monsters because they just suffocated you defensively. Man. So, I, and, and, we, and we we talked about it the other day with uh, Oscar, who obviously had his faults defensively, but at least rebounded well. You, you wonder, is there something about the way Cal coaches defense that doesn't work as well? in the times where it's this high everybody's shooting threes uh -huh. uh, yeah it's so a good it's a, it's a good conversation and it leads into you being right about what you're wondering cal is always you know I, I think a saving grace of cal is to have a rim protector a shot blocker and teams just don't rely on getting to the rim as much as they used to. Now it's been that way for a little while, but it's you know it's probably getting more and more every year, just a little bit, where it's more outside shooting, jump shooting, three-point shooting, just getting out of the paint. And that can take a big, a little out of the game. You, you can still have certain nights. We saw Uganda against Florida be really productive and put up a bunch of stats with blocks, obviously. But it's, it's different. You've got to be more on-the-ball oriented. Teams are going to shoot. And this UK team, I, I don't think there's any big picture about Cal struggling. I, I do think the defense has taken a couple, you know, the last few years they haven't been elite. But I'm not really sure he's had elite perimeter defenders. So it, it, it matches up. But the style is changing a little bit. I'm not going to call him out because we're not, you know, we're not buddies like that. And they may, they may take it. They may take it personal. But I heard somebody on a, another station talk in this this is not a, a station or a show that gets texted into our text line frequently so don't be thinking who maybe you are thinking but they said that cal actually is a terrible defensive coach he's always been a bad defensive coach jimmy dykes on the broadcast saturday said he actually or when they went to the halftime locker room they said that cal is defensive first and this made this radio person crack up because he's not he's never coached defense well and if it's not for a couple really good defensive players, he'd be considered yeah. one of the worst defensive just, coaches in the country. That's just that's just wrong. That came from a UK fan too, no less. Yeah. Like a UK yeah. a UK slanted yeah. homer. We, we would get we would get mad because Cal wouldn't start practicing offense until like the season started. I mean, they spent so much time on defense. Um, I do appreciate though that when listening to his Colin show and talking about what they need to do, like a lot of it is just being better at closing out on three-point shooters running because because what they're doing is they're run they're trying to run them off the three-point line by jumping to block shots and he did the same thing i've yelled at every time you're seven foot two stop jumping to block mm -hmm. shots just 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 be tall be big and that's i think a lot of i mean how many times and 
I can't I can't get mad at Reed about it. It was like a quote he had where it's like I just got to let him go rogue, you know, because he he's the only person I've ever seen that consistently blocks three point shooters, and he doesn't foul them. Other people foul them, but he doesn't really ever get caught fouling them. He just might get caught on a pump fake and then give up an open three. But it's it's actually real quick just because it's of that point with Reed. It's actually a good point about him. It may actually make him a worse defender. He never goes in with his body on a three point shooter. It's all hand, arm, and ball. It's really impressive, like to be able to do that and be consistent with it. But maybe if he was a little bit more aggressive, he'd be a slightly better defender because he's just getting in everybody's face. But instead, he's kind of playing that slide, looking for a block, which I don't hate either. If you're not great defensively, Roush, try to find ways to make up he's, for it. He's crafty. Wow. Uh, uh, but put a dollar in the jar for me, Scoots. Uh, there you go. <laughs> one of the white cliches, but. It, just better closeouts, arms up, because you can run guys off the three-point line without just completely running at them full speed and jumping, right? Like, you can – I was a big – you know what I like to do, TJ, my move? I like to scream at them when they were shooting. Yeah. Ah! 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 The, the, the yelling doesn't hurt. The yelling doesn't hurt. It, it, it doesn't. But a great feeling is when you get chirped at or yelled at and you, you make it. Oh, yeah. It's it's like giving them a big old suck it. But the thing is, too, Gonzaga's not a, an elite three-point shooting team. Uh, no. They're an interesting they're an interesting group. They're, they're, they're unusual because it's like, oh, here's a good shooting team, but from two. And they don't play a whole lot of D. It's just it's just weird. It's not like a, something it you're kinda, used to seeing. It kind of reminds me of like some mediocre John Calipari teams we've seen at Kentucky. Like, With you know. level athletes. Yeah. Just like, and, and I, I like the matchup for UK. Now, again, Gonzaga's well coached. They're not going to shoot themselves in the foot. If Kentucky makes a lot of mistakes, Gonzaga's going to make them pay for it. But they're, UK's more athletic. UK's the better shooting team. I think Gonzaga's going to try to get theirs in the paint. But I watched their game against St. Mary's. St. Mary's, whether it was a guard, a forward, or a big, they would post up pretty much anybody they could. Like, that game, I don't know what the final score ended up being. St. Mary's won by four, I think, but maybe, like, in the low 70s or yeah. high 60s. 64-62. 64-62, you sure? I thought they won by four. Or I guess Gonzaga scored at the buzzer and they just counted it. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was, lower, that was lower scoring than I thought. But that had, St. Mary's was able to control the tempo. Gonzaga didn't mind. And it turned into a little bit more of a half-court half style. Gonzaga's big, too. They're, they're from three to five – is six eight or taller, so they're going to have some size inside as well. If I'm UK, I mean, there's really no reason for UK to lose this game. Just the fact of the matter I, that, and I could be doing the post game show afterwards on Saturday. And if UK loses, I'll probably be starting it by being like, there was no reason for UK to lose this game. UK is more athletic, they're faster. They, if they're healthy, they have more depth. If they're not healthy, then it ends up kind of being a wash. And then Gonzaga's guards, Roush, with the exception of just one. Nimhard, they like they don't really create and score themselves. They just mostly it's like you know Nolan Hickman's going to set up the offense. It's more hockey assists. I'll pass to the guy who's going to make the other pass. I'm not going to go create, drive, and dish. So it, it's like I don't think UK should be getting beat off the dribble left and right. I don't think UK should be getting lost defensively a ton. The more that I'm talking about it out loud, this is just a game Kentucky should win, and, and maybe even with it being at home. Kick some, 
somewhat yeah. comfortably. But this is gonna yeah. be a desperate. This is gonna be a desperate Gonzaga team. Who cares? Get out there and you be more desperate. Pummel them. Yeah, yeah. I, I I hate those those um, that like line of thinking. Every that they're every desperate. Season, yeah, like it's or whenever there's like, oh, that's bulletin board material. It's like if you aren't motivated to win enough, then. Get, get out of here. Well, that's what yeah. kind of ticked me off about last week, and we need to go to a break, is that, like, I didn't feel like they came out hungry and ticked off against Tennessee. Like, I felt like Tennessee, they were doing all the right things in the pregame, and the video beforehand was awesome, and the crowd was amazing, and the players looked engaged. And then Tennessee basically came out and metaphorically just gave them a nice elbow to the mouth. And then for, like, the first 12 minutes, Kentucky was, like, looking for blood. Like, oh, that hurt. Ouch. And they eventually got their bleep together to make it a respectable first half before basically Tennessee did the same thing about midway through the second half. So don't let that happen. I agree with you, Roush. Like, you should come out ticked off. You should be the one being physical. You should be the one being hungry. There's a lot of dudes, if Trey Mitchell's out especially, there's a lot of dudes that are competing for minutes. Go out and compete for minutes by showing that you're not afraid to be physical. You're not afraid of contact. Don't go kissing people. Don't play stupid. But have an edge to you because that this team needs it. They a lot of Cal teams. It's already inherently built in. This team, it seems like it needs to be pulled out of them a little bit, which is concerning. I don't like that. But fine, like I mentioned yesterday, Roush, Cal, call timeouts. You got to use all of them. These guys need to be coached up a little bit. But this is a game Kentucky should absolutely win and really probably win by ten points. The more that I'm talking about it. Yeah, woo! We're fired up. I'm loving it. I hope you all have stopped into your thorns and just really treated yourself to get this weekend going the right way. Big weekend, Cats Gonzaga Super Bowl Sunday. We got to get to the thorns text on our grab and go textures, but we we unfortunately do need to take a little break and pay the bills. So let's do that. He's TJ Walker. I'm Nick Roush. That's Justin Kalen. This is Kentucky Roll Call on the Big X Sports Radio. Show up, we don't sleep. We're just having fun. We don't care who sees. So what we go out, that's how it's supposed to be, living young and wild and free. You don't don't get it, there is a darkness inside of me. It wants to get out, wants to walk around. It wants some walking around money, and it wants to buy some shoes, and it it wants to walk up with the people and say, hey, Gator, don't play no Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. You you feel me? Gator never been about that. Welcome back, Friday edition, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Another beautiful morning across the Commonwealth. Feels good outside. You may want like a light jacket when you're going outside, but promise you by lunchtime you're not going to need it you will need your shady ray sunglasses and if you this is a fall spring let's not as much as we wish it wasn't it's going to get cold again hopefully when it gets cold it gets cold again it's not too cold and it's not for too long but as much as we wish that this was spring and it was here to stay we know another winter's coming but allow this nice weather to be your test run did you get caught with the sun in your eye and you cannot lie, Shady Rays will be your guy making you look fly. Go to ShadyRays.com, promo code BIGX for 40% off. It'll be here before you know it. The sun, it doesn't take days off unless, mm-hmm. unless you live in Gary, Indiana. 
In which case, it be slacking up there. But you're going to need it when spring rolls around. And check out the selection. Check out the styles. Valentine's Day right around the corner, too. You can get your loved one some shady rays. Save 40%. Get the 30-day money-back guarantee promise. The replacement pair promise. Help feed hungry folks throughout America. What more do you need to hear from our friends at Shady Rays? ShadyRays.com. Do not forget that promo code BIGX for 40% off. And once you have your Shady Rays, you can go lay by the bay, bay and play with some clay. Just may. <laughs> there you go. That's all that reminded me of when you were going through that. I was just thinking that scene the whole time. <laughs> Great movie. Happy Gilmore. Let's text uh, into the, let's check in on the Thornton's text line and you text on in 502-414-1450. Local John here. Good TGIF morning, everyone. Hey, first off, glad you're doing better, Justin. Give me the caps for a victory. And of course, I'll take my Chiefs winning as well. I think the Chiefs do win. Kelsey will ask Swift to marry him, and that would be big for ratings. We'll got to go. Have a great weekend. Cat you later. Cat you later, John. Man, if my team was playing in the Super Bowl this weekend, I would be floating. You would not. I don't think you couldn't. You couldn't get me in a bad mood. I don't think if if you tried. But and I've been watching all the stupid media stuff and looking at Brock Purdy look like a seventh grader go into confirmation, I just kept thinking to myself, Green Bay was right freaking there. Like, they were. Now, the four, good teams find a way to win the game. That's the hardest thing to do is to close out a, a game, and that's why the better teams find ways to do it more times than not. Green Bay couldn't do it. San Francisco did. There's no guarantee Green Bay would have went to Detroit and been able to win this game, so Green Bay was still far away from, from getting there. But just seeing all the 49ers stuff, Roush, Green Bay had that freaking game. And I know Mike Rutherford at three today on Big X Sports Radio, he'll probably have the same conversation. The Lions had that game against the 49ers. They did. I don't think the 49ers have played all that great in the playoffs, which yeah, makes me yeah. think I'm going to be betting them to win. I think they win. I think they cover. And I think San Francisco, they've knocked on the door for the last decade or so. They get their Super Bowl championship. And then with the Chiefs, Chiefs fans won't even be all that mad about it because this was kind of a fun run to begin with. And two, you've got Patrick Mahomes. He's already done incredible things for you. He'll do more in the future. So that's my Super Bowl prediction early in this Kentucky roll call. But, John, good luck to your Chiefs. Good luck to Taylor Swift. Travis Kelsey, they were, Travis Kelsey was asked why people are so drawn to him and Taylor. It's because they're such good people, he said. Yeah, they've got great values. They, you know? It's for their great values. Yeah. Um, Scoots, where do you think the value is? Where are you wagering your hard-earned big exports radio dollars this weekend on the Super Bowl? See, I've been on Chiefs the whole time. And from the moment I saw the initial line, I was on Chiefs. But the stat I heard earlier this week that 80-whatever 80, 80 percent of the money is coming in on Chiefs, but 80% of the sharp money is coming in on San Fran makes me feel like I should bet San Fran. Um, so I'm I'm still kind of up in the air. I don't really know what I'm gonna do. I, I'm just hoping for a good game. I'm I'm really not all that excited about it. If we're being honest, I just so, I don't know. It's it's not the sexy oh, match. Don't we, we, we get the hell out of there with what, what are you talking about? Not a sexy matchup. I mean, in terms of like Super Bowl X's and O's, I, I don't disagree with Scoots. I mean, it's Mahomes. He's always incredible to watch. But like outside of Mahomes and Kelsey. 
that wide receiver room is probably the worst since one of the Patriots teams that is going to compete for a Super Bowl. Like the Chiefs wide receivers are duty, no offense. And then the 49ers wide receivers are actually good. Like they're kind of it's interesting how these makeup of these teams. One an elite quarterback with not a ton of help around them, and that's putting it a little lightly. Like you know, their offensive line solid. And yeah, they're they're running backs, and then. Kelsey's probably the best tight end in the history of the sport. So I'm putting it a little lightly there, and I'm doing that intentionally. But then the 49ers, their wide receivers are all like former college absolute studs, and they're NFL studs as well. They have probably the second best tight end in the NFL, at least from a pass-catching standpoint, maybe third. And then their offensive line's really good. Their running back is the best in the NFL, but they've got a Walmart yodeling kid. What was that kid's name that would do the yodeling? Oh, I forgot about that. Joke would be better if you had the kid's name. But everybody knows who I'm talking about. Him playing quarterback. And Brock, and again, that's putting it lightly too. He's obviously an an incredibly talented quarterback. And to put the 49ers in the position that he's put them in with such limited time, you know, he's taking care of business regardless of the pieces around him. So it's two different makeups. But I'm, I'm with Scoots that, like, in terms of the game, I've been more excited about other Super Bowls from an X's and O's matchup, but I'm, it's still the Super Bowl. It's still, this is the biggest sports day in America. Uh, it's hilarious just how over the top everything is, but damn it, we deserve it. We can't get a day off work the following day, of course, but as a country, but we can invest just, you know, probably trillions into this game. One prop bet that I know is going to hit. Now, if I get it wrong, you know, gambling, gambling's just for fun. But if I get it right, I definitely will be annoying about it on on Monday. Take the over four and a half air aircrafts on the flyover. I would say airplanes, but like helicopters can be a part of it as well and count towards the number. Over four and a half on the flyover. Easy five or six. So there's your lock of the day. Where are you betting that? Flyover. That's a, that's uh, that's a bad bet, TJ. And okay, well, you tell me it's a bad bet on Monday. I may have some inside sources here. Even even if they do the fighter jets, they only do four in a formation. So like going over, they would almost assume they have to be helicopters. Do you have inside sources? So the three out of the last four years, the under has hit on this. They're going big this year. It's Las Vegas. They're not. They're putting on a show. It ain't just gonna be a B two bomber flying over. They ain't gonna just do like three Apache helicopters doing funny things. It's gonna be a big grand poopah. So the over four and a half aircrafts on the national flyover, you take it to the bank. Where are you betting that? On your favorite sports gambling website that doesn't pay me to advertise for them. Okay. No, but that, that's my. But that, are they on legit sports books, or do you have to do the overseas ones? I saw one on a legit sports book. Now, is it still there? Can I? Because maybe the word's gotten out. Maybe you know where I've gotten my scoop. Other people have gotten scoop, and they've pulled it. But we're gonna be talking fun prop bets as the show goes on today. So, boys, get yours ready. Another texter, grab and go texter, says, "Is Roush still riding with Biden?" Oh man, I saw the. Uh... It shouldn't surprise us, but that report, the news is like, yeah, he had trouble remembering when he was vice president and went the year his son died, which those are, it's bad. I will admit I am, um, what's the word I'm looking for? For me, sometimes getting specific years 
can be a little off. But also, like, should we be surprised? Like, why why didn't they just get somebody else that wasn't a old man? I mean, he's 81 years old. I felt I, I genuinely felt bad reading that report and then him doing the press conference. There's a lot of people out there that are like the Democrats have finally turned on him and they're just hanging him out to dry now because they would never let him do a 745 press conference by himself with media where the, the questions weren't prepared for him and stuff like that. And the press conference went horribly. Like, you know, if that was to prove that he that he's still got it, it, it did not go that way. He mistook the president of Egypt for Mexico and uh, yeah. Like, and, you know, he got a couple other little things wrong, but he's 81 years old. He's feel, 81. Yeah. I feel bad for him. Like, get him, yeah. help. His family needs to get him out of there. Like, help him out. Let him enjoy his remaining years. Um, that's not, this is not like a, that's not a political thing, one thing or another. I just feel bad for the dude. And I agree with Scott Jennings had a tweet out there. They were like, this would have been better for Biden if he would have been criminally indicted. Like, if they just would have said, yeah, there's some misdemeanor charges. The special counsel oh, finds yeah. that, instead, the special counsel finds that, like, yes, there was wrongdoing, but the dude's too senile where he wouldn't be able to stand trial anyways. What? He couldn't yeah. stand trial, but he can stand being the president of the United States? Which that's not up to the special counsel to decide, but. I do wonder if the Democrats are just going to push him aside and let Kamala run the show. The 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 sad part of all of this is we've got old man versus dude being indicted, and it's exactly what Russia wants. You know, just like misinformation to Bolivia with that last election or whatever it was, the first Trump election. Um, so you didn't get any. Yeah, I do. You watch the Tucker Carlson Vladimir Putin interview. I did not. I did not. I have admittedly not watched all of it, but I watched some of it. Starts with a casual 30-minute history lesson, Vladimir Putin talking about the 9th century Russia borders. Oh. And he even, he even provides Tucker Carlson with documents. He's like, now here is from our archives. We made copies of them. They're not the originals. But here here's like his letter saying that this is the Russia border back in 1941 or 941, not 1941, 941. It's like, oh, my goodness gracious. All right, take it easy with the history lesson. Uh, but that was interesting. I don't think Russia really cares about us on a on a great deal. Um, I don't know if they if they could, even if they well, wanted to. I, Russia, China, the misinformation campaigns of a long time ago, I think got got people uh, in a tizzy on that. We were probably going down that road eventually on just like people not knowing how to work the internet and, and misinformation and all that stuff. But I, I do feel like some folks accelerated. But nevertheless, we're like we're, this election is just we got old man versus guy who's spending his whole spending more time in the courtroom than campaigning. So it's just why are we? What? Come on! Uh, I used to like presidential elections; they were fun. I still have fun with them. Ralph saying he doesn't have the scoop is something someone who has the scoop would say. It is. A texture says. I'm predicting Chris Lowe will have the scoop on the Kentucky offense coordinator, and it's going to make me mad. Another grab-and-go texter says, can we get some of more of that wacky Spears impersonation? Uh, we got pitchers and catchers coming. Saying extra sales tonight. Yeah. Where's Trevor been? Does he still work for the station? He's been on Twitter. He's been tweeting. He's excited for the Super Bowl this weekend. I know that. Another texter says, LOL misinformation okay there's our grab and go texters we gotten through them 
Now we're going to take our hour one break. More Super Bowl prop bets, things we're looking for in the game. The Cats versus Gonzaga. The podcast text line as well. We'll get to that. And then we'll make our final predictions, although I've already given both mine. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. We'll be back after this. Welcome back for Hour 2 of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 on the FM, 1450 on the AM. We go 7-9. A replay of the show right when we get done on the same places you're listening now, 9 to 11. And then you can catch Kentucky Roll Call. If you don't want the commercials anywhere, you get – why wouldn't you want the commercials? You get to hear Scoots. You get to hear Mike Rutherford sometimes. Uh, you get to hear that Trump commercial that they play. I don't know if that goes on during our show or not, but – because uh, I'm on the air, but a lot of great commercials. But if you don't want to listen to the commercials, good, 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 good. Uh, he needs your help, everybody. And there's the podcast. Just search for Kentucky Roll Call wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate you listening. Leave a rating and review if you like the show. Fun first hour. We've got plenty of text to get to on the Thornton's text line for hour number two. We're going to talk more prop bets, basketball, I don't think we've really checked in on the world of Scoots, though, besides the the nasal the nasal strips. Did you get in some Harry Potter last night, Scoots? Of course. Yeah. Couple couple hours. And I'm actually – so after roll call today, I've got to meet with EJ Clark. We've got to set up some stuff for the Derby. And then I'm done until my game tonight. So I'm going to go home. I'm going to have several hours of Hogwarts time. I'm, I'm wow. pumped. Wow, several hours I'm of pumped. spells? Yeah. Oh, wow. Not gonna be, not gonna be contained. So Love I mean, it. yeah. Love other it. than, other than that, that's that's really it. That's that's all that's new with me. Good. Well, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy to hear that you're gonna get some wizarding time this weekend. <laughs> that's that's what makes for a great a great weekend. Uh, Scooch, I feel like this would be a story you'd be all over. Did you hear about the sex extravaganza? No, no, I didn't. Roush, did you? Um, I, I have not heard about a sex extravaganza, but I'd one day like to be a part of one. <laughs> <laughs> well, all you have to do is win the Super Bowl. Oh, really? You, I'm, I'm, so yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if it's like the, the, the bunny ranch sort of, I don't think it's them, but I think it's a bunny ranch like knockoff, a Nevada brothel. Offers the Super Bowl winning team a free, free sex extravaganza is what they call it. <laughs> sex grand grandka, sexravaganza. I mean, isn't extravaganza but with an S at the start of it? Sextravaganza. Sextravaganza. Yeah, uh, isn't that just what happens when you win the Super Bowl? Well. 
maybe a lot of these people like you know i would think you could if you wanted to you would think that right that's a good point it's kind of the old uh andre mcgee did they need to hire katina Powell to get women you're the level basketball team uh, you you should not have trouble with finding ladies Two, worker, two workers from the famed Chicken Ranch Brothel, Alice and Addison, tell us booking for their services have skyrocketed this week due to the Las Vegas Super Bowl festivities. And the two say whichever team gets the dub will have access to a no-holds-bar orgiastic blowout. Oh. On their 40-acre campus. I 40-acre uh, campus, that's a large campus. I would think that there would be, you know, as fun as a sex extravaganza might be, that just being in Vegas for the Super Bowl. I know, I remember when Jared Lorenzen told his Super Bowl story, they essentially partied at the resort they stayed in that night and then went back home very early the next morning. I would imagine there's some guys that are just going to get lost in Vegas. You know, like that, or oh yeah, just, you know, yeah, like the flight back to San Fran or Kansas City, they're they're gonna get their own means to travel. Yeah, yeah, that that's, that's actually a good point. The like the team managers, I'm sure they have more important titles than that. Like, yeah, I bet they're gonna be super pumped to win the Super Bowl, but you know, they're on like phone call duty at 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 7 a.m. to make sure people are gonna get their flights, aren't dead, all that sort of deal. So busy night for those people. What does the losing team do? You're uh, still in Vegas. Drink out of sadness. I still think you'd probably go do your own party, and even if if you if you lost, but yeah, so that that sounds exciting. They're they're opening up uh, the chicken ranch for the winning Super Bowl team. Scoots. How they need to that? do that with maybe the college football winners. I think it'd probably get a much more negative reaction there. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton's tech. Oh. Text on into the show. We'd love to yep. hear from you. I, uh, You're all in on the 49ers. I'm all in on the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 58. And part of the reason why is if you would have told me about this matchup in week 15, I would have said, oh, yeah, the, the 49ers are the better team. The Chiefs offense isn't good enough. But the 49ers haven't looked like the 49ers of the first 15 weeks of the season. They've they've kind of struggled, and now they at least have been able to come back. Um, TJ, yeah, by the way, you're not muted. Not through the, just heads up. Um, yeah. Um, but they the, the 49ers haven't looked the same through the first two weeks of the playoffs, whereas the Chiefs have played out of their minds. And I call it recency bias, but I do just have a little bit more confidence because – I think the Chiefs would have beat the 49ers if they played that game in the championship game. I think they would have beat them in the divisional round. Um, now, the only my only worry, though, is that the team that gave the Chiefs the most fits was the team that ran the ball most effectively. 49ers, pretty good at running the ball effectively. I don't think they're going to pull Ravens and just abandon it wholeheartedly. But ultimately, I trust Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs defense more than I trust Kyle Shanahan in this big moment and Brock Purdy. Um, because, you know, you, you mentioned think we're going to have a good game. We've been pretty fortunate that most of these Super Bowls have been good games. 
as of late. So I'm, um, I think it'll be a fun one. I think it'll be a close one. I'm invested in the Chiefs money line and Patrick Mahomes MVP. Um, my prop bet, if you will, I tried cornering the first touchdown market, TJ. Uh, the Chiefs' formula for success is starting fast. And uh, when crunching the numbers, Isaiah Pacheco has scored the first touchdown for the Chiefs six times this year. Four of those times, he's cashed the first touchdown bet, and they've won every single one of those games that he's cashed the first touchdown ticket. I like the Chiefs, and the Stars are all all aligning. TJ, I know we talked about this last Super Bowl, but can you refresh me on what an octopus is? What an what an octopus is? Yeah, Yeah, Uh, got a bunch of arms. Yeah, it's got uh, yeah. They live calamari. Yeah, they. It's a you you understand what the octopus is? Is that you're talking about the two point thing? I don't know. It just says, "Will there be an yeah. octopus?" So I, I can't remember what it was. You see yeah, so it's like the down and the two point conversion. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Will there be an octopus? Uh, that has to be pretty high odds to say yes to it. Um, it is plus thirteen hundred. I did um, do a little sprinkle on a Mike Edwards interception. At um, plus five hundred, that's fun. Uh, he's he has the lowest odds, the shortest odds of any player, surprisingly. Um, and there's also any time defensive touchdown, I might take for the Chiefs at plus seven fifty. Might feel froggy. It, you can get an offensive lineman to score a touchdown at plus four thousand. That would be much shorter odds if the Lions were in this game because Dan Campbell loves throwing it to his tackles. Five dollars pays two oh five if you think one of the big guys is gonna gonna get a touchdown. Always a always a good always fun. Uh, you can get time of first possession over under three minutes and fifteen seconds. Hmm. That one's that one's so basically do they do you think they get a first down? Well, and the the, the other part though is the Chiefs, that first touchdown they had against the Ravens, that was a pretty quick drive, but it probably lasted longer than three minutes, 13 seconds. Here's one I like, although it's the juice isn't great about it. What will be higher? Gross yards, so not net yards, gross yards of the first punt of the game or the yards of the longest touchdown throughout the game? So it's the first punt. So let's say that first punt is a 45-yarder. Will the longest touchdown of the game be longer than 45 yards? Ooh. So the juice on that, Scooch, what do you think the juice would be on that? Which one do you think we even would be favorite? The well, punt total or the longest touchdown total? I've already Let's talk s- some gambling here on Kentucky Roll Call. I- I've already seen it, so I know it's the punt total, okay. right? Yeah, well, I mean, if you, are, <laughs> you just ruined the whole game because I didn't know. We were having could've a whole just, exercise here, Scooch. Could have done it. Could have done it, Scooch. Just go and ruin it. Um I mean, and, and that's the thing is you probably do bet on that side, but I wouldn't take that action as the favorite. I would I would feel froggy with the dog because just think of the way that each team scores, right? Yeah, like, big explosive plays. I mean, like a 60-yarder is not crazy in this game at all. Here's another fun one. If you Gro- go through the Super Bowl, I mean, Joey Porter scoots. He, yeah. he, he would have beat that bet. Yep. Gosh, what do you think? 
the we just need a shank on that first punt, and then we'll really be made in the shade. But just imagine what the odds were for a Joey Porter touchdown or like the longest touchdown was a defense, you know, like just, I, I, I can't even imagine what some of those payouts would have been. I wonder, I know it's out there, but what were the Patriots money line at its lowest in that 28 to three game? Like, you know, what, what Ooh, juice could yeah. you have gotten uh, on that? Him. Yeah. Oh, that would have been, whew, that'd been fun to hop on. I'll Here's another fun one. days for me. The length of the longest field goal made in the game or total points in the game. Woo! I, I like total. I, I like total points in that one. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, there's going to be like a 52 yarder. So you, you're probably going to have to get over 52. I think is the number you're going to be reaching for. That is tricky because teams don't really kick 40 yard field goals anymore. They really, you know, if they get in that sort of in between, they just go wow. like the 52 yarders that they'll kick. We may have found we may have found something here, boys. The over-under is 47 and a half, and you can get – again, let's go over that bet one more time, knowing that the forty the over-under is 47 and a half. What will be the higher, the longest field goal of the game or the points totals? Points total is minus 125. Longest field goal of the game is plus 120. So if you think that you're going to get a – you could get a field goal plus one – you can basically get the over-under at like 50 – two for plus 120 and you'd be taking the under on that i think that's a good bet to bet the length of the longest field goal made more than the point total now if you think this game's going to be like 30 to 28 then you should just automatically take the over on everything and then also maybe take the yards or take the total points on that one but that's a fun one man the octopus odds is only plus 1300 that's horrible i've got a i'm really a big fan of the uh longest length of longest drive the juice is on over 77 and a half, so I'm going to take the under 77 and a half on that and just hope they start every drive around the 25-yard line. <laughs> well, if they started at the under you, – you don't think – you think the longest drive will – oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. I'm saying oh, inter- less – interesting that it's 77 and a half. You think yeah. it'd just be 70, like, five and a half. Yeah, I'm going under on that for sure. I like that. I like that. Uh, they're, they DraftKings, although they're not a sponsor, they have a for the Swifties bets. Any quarter to have twenty two plus points scored. That's a, that's a lot of points. Hmm. This one's called the anti hero. Brock Purdy plus two hundred and fifty pass yards and plus two touchdowns, passing touchdowns. I actually could see that one hitting. That's plus two hundred. This one's called Blank Space. Travis Kelsey to score an octopus plus 3,000. So that would be him scoring the touchdown and then the two-point conversion that follows. Deja vu, Kansas City Chiefs to win by exactly 11 points, which is what they won the Super Bowl against the against the 49ers in 2020. Oh, interesting. That's plus 3,000. Have you seen the similarities between 2020 and 2024, Roush? I have not. No, or is it? A, we have a JFK Lincoln secretary situation. Yeah, and I, I I had the screen grab, and I don't know where it is. But there's like a ton of like a bunch of the division winners were the same in 2020 that it were in 2024. You have the same Super Bowl. You have the two same people running for president against one another. Uh, there's a there's a ton. If I can find the post, I'll read more of them. But yeah, and that one in 2020, the Chiefs defeated the 49ers. By 11 points, you can bet that one. Uh, they have a bunch for the Swifties. A lot of bets to be had. 
if you see any that we should know about, please text in to the Thornton's text line. Help us out and help the fellow Roll Call listeners out as well. Uh, but there will be bets to be had, money to be made, more likely a lot of money to be to be lost probably, at least if you're talking from my perspective. Well, hey, just a good amount of fun little sprinkles out there. So we'll sprinkle here, we'll sprinkle there. Scoots, can uh, we need some dough? The food you're looking forward to most? You can't do sports radio and not talk about Super Bowl food. Um, I don't know that I'll have a big Super Bowl spread, but I have to work until three on Sunday. So maybe I'll maybe that's something I'll do when I'm at work is I'll plan what we need to eat for Super Bowl. But I, I'm always a big wing guy on Super Bowl. I think the move, Scoots, is you're at work. You call up Salsaritas and you say, I would like the three amigos, please. Mm-hmm. You leave work. You go pick it up. Chips, guac, mild salsa for you. I know you don't like the spicy. Chips, hey, dips, so- and hips. The perfect oh. Sunday for Scoots. Man. Just I, I, that, that sounds like a match made in heaven. Am I am I wrong? I, I do go buy a Salsaritas on the way home from work. So perfect. Yeah, perfect. So stop by Salsaritas. Sounds like a plan. You can get money off your order too if you download the Salsaritas app. And what's the promo? The Three Amigos. What are three Amigos for five dollars off your Three Amigos order. Yeah, chips and then three things: sixteen ounce guacamole queso salsa you can mix and match if you want two guacamoles you can do it the perfect side dish for your super bowl party is the salsaritas three amigos don't show up empty-handed and scooch yeah it sounds like you're just gonna ball out on salsaritas on sunday there's there's worse i mean that's probably the actually the ideal super bowl meal i think you all talked me into it yeah let's get to the thornton's text line 502-414-1450 texter says Speaking of Jeopardy, oh, we did that one already. Gonzaga doesn't have much of a resume, but their efficiency numbers are good, and they play big. They start 6'8", 6'9", 6'10". They shoot a bunch of twos and have a good offensive rebounding rate. Will be a test for our bigs and Edwards. Just another point of emphasis game. Go crash the glass, and Gonzaga's going to have a tough time guarding Kentucky, for what it's worth. Uh, I do think Mark Few, who who is a good coach, I think he's going to try to slow this game down. I think he's going to try to get this game in the low 70s. This could be as simple as a battle of styles, and the winning tempo is going to have a really good chance to win the game. If Kentucky speeds up Gonzaga, I'm going to feel good about UK's chances. If Gonzaga slows down Kentucky, I still think Kentucky will have a chance to win, but so will Gonzaga. It'll be more Gonzaga's style at that point. So this could be as simplistic as – you know, after the first 10 minutes, what's our point total at? And if it's higher and the, and the speed's good, then that's probably great news for UK. If it's slow, Kentucky can always have a burst, but you can usually tell in the first 10 minutes which team is dictating the style. That can change sometimes, but more times than not in the first 10 minutes, you've got an idea of what kind of game you're going to be looking at. So Gonzaga, I don't think they're going to try to play like stall ball necessarily, but I also don't think they're going to run. They're they're going to have their track shoes on. They haven't played a track meet all year. Um, it's not really the way their roster's built. They can score, and they don't play super slow necessarily. But it ain't Kentucky fast, so that's going to be interesting to see. Going to be a fun one. Four o'clock, Rupp Arena tomorrow. The Lamb uh, Lob. Or go I, ahead, Rush. I was just going to say the the point about Edwards like that. I, I do want to see him just stack some some more good up. Right, we. We're seeing some sparks, a little bit of flash. Let's 
let's keep because it's not crazy to imagine a world where we're in March. We're like, man, we're, we're having this conversation on the radio. Glad Cal stuck it out with Edwards because they really needed him that game, right? Like this is a good test where you've got some some guys with a little bit of length that will bother you, but you're a better athlete. You should you should still be able to provide some some nice contributions for this team. So let's keep it together, Mr. Edwards. Let's keep it together. That's a big opportunity for him. I hope he's ready for it. Uh, Texter says, the lamb lob to Miller versus St. John's is an all-time Dickie V call. Oh, bring the house down, baby! Something oh, like that, I imagine. Love just all the dunk talk yesterday because it was also the 41st anniversary of Dirk Minifield's dunk. So it just a lot of dunk dialogue online. Real, real dudes rock sort of conversation. Like, hey, remember that dunk? Which our next texter does and says, the Michael Mulder preseason dunk was great. Respect to the six-one white guy that tried to time it up. Oh, people forget that uh, poor kid from Asbury was buried underneath the basket, underneath the floor at Rupp Arena. Yeah, and all for an exhibition game. You're a six-one guy from Asbury. You made a you made a bad choice, and unfortunately, despite it being an exhibition game, Michael Mulder made that kid pay for it. And I would guess that that get still that still gets brought up to that kid frequently. That guy may be a UK fan, for all we know. His oh, friends yeah. may just rip him and be like, "Remember, you got yammed on by Michael Mulder." Te- Texter says the Dilly's windmill on U of L. That was another great dunk. Oh, man. Just- Scoots, do you have a favorite IU dunk that comes to mind? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no question. It was um, I want to say it was 2011, maybe even 2010. I don't know if you do. Y'all remember the name Tom Pritchard? I do. Yeah. How six, could we forget old, old six, Tom Pritchard? Six ten, big old white kid. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. He was one of my least favorite players in all of Indiana history. But I remember we were playing Minnesota. This had to be in 2010 when we won 10 games. We were playing Minnesota, and a guy shot a three from on top of the key, and it comes long off the back iron, and Tom Pritchard from out of freaking nowhere looked like Superman sailing through the air, caught it with his left hand, and then just clean flushed it. I will never, ever in my entire life forget that dunk. Place just went bananas. Everybody was like looking at each other like, Tom Pritchard? Tom Pritchard just did that? It was freaking awesome. I'm glad you remember it. Oh, yeah. That's fun. I remember Tom Pritchard. He wouldn't be my first candidate of favorite IAU dunk ever. But I mean, there's, yeah, I, there's I can see why you – yeah. that's, that's the – see, that was the most memorable one. Of course, Oladipo had a – he had one that he missed that, if it goes down, is maybe the greatest dunk in basketball history. But unfortunately, that he couldn't he couldn't knock it down. But that that Oladipo had a few that I really remember. I know he had a three sixty, but yeah, it was the Tom Pritchard one for me, just because the shock factor. You just you didn't expect that out of a guy like Tom Pritchard. Roush, I was in the house for this one. St. Patrick's Day, two thousand and nine. Perry Stevenson just cramming on a UNLV dude out of nowhere. That was similar to the Tom Pritchard, Tom Pritchard mold of just Perry Stevenson going from nearly the free throw line, doing like the space jam, cramming, and then he flexed his muscles, which he didn't have a lot of muscles, which made it even fun. I think one of the players said, flex them bones. 
Perry Stevenson because he didn't have he, he didn't he didn't have muscles. But that was a cram, and that came out of nowhere. And you know what? The Cats won that NIT game against UNLV. And anybody who has the idea that the Cats need to play a game, a memorial, all you needed was to be at that NIT game to be like, yes, they do. Because that was a drunk crowd. It was a rowdy crowd. It was a crowd that was really disappointed with the current state of UK basketball, but they were going to show up, damn it, and watch the sport regardless. And it ended up being a really, really fun night for the people that that were there. But, yeah, people forget. 2009, UK played an IT game at Memorial, and it was rowdy. I'm sure there's some KRC listeners that were there as well. Another texter says, Dillingham's windmill against Louisville. Yeah, yeah, we should have we mentioned that one. Started listening to the podcast last fall. I enjoy the show. I'm a St. X 2010 grad. Oh, hey, go Tigers. You're going down tonight. You're going Saint down. X high, St. X high. We're the best of schools around. Like all your all's perspectives of UK sports, more so than other shows, I see us pulling off one of Auburn or Tennessee and having one more clunker probably. Out of potential one seeds, who do you want to play? Okay, good questions all around. Good stuff all around. Mm. If Kentucky can steal one of Auburn or Tennessee, it'll tell me a lot about this team. Uh, I, I've, I've chalked those two up for losses. I know Roush feels solid about the road game at Tennessee. They can get one. Usually Cal's teams are good for a surprise road win for a season. I don't think it's happened up to this point yet. But either one of those two would be huge candidates for that. I'm just more concerned about taking care of business the other game, and specifically Mississippi at Mississippi State and at LSU. They're road games, but they're just teams that Kentucky's better than, and you need to find ways to win those. If you finish the rest of the regular season, including the Gonzaga game tomorrow, and you only have two losses, I think that's that's a solid spot to be. And I don't really care where that keeps you in the SEC standings. I would look at a team with UK's resume, assuming those are the two losses, and I would probably have them as a three seed, depending on what you do in the SEC tournament. If you had a quick out, you maybe a four seed. If you went to the championship, you could maybe, maybe, maybe sneak up to a two seed if you won, but you'd probably most likely be looking at a three. You lose two games the rest of the way, you're probably looking at a three seed. Not necessarily where we wanted Roush, but also not, not a terrible spot to be either. Teams can go to the final four out of the three spot just fine. Uh, to answer the question, though, I would say North Carolina because they'll just style of play. They'll get up and down. They'll play fast with Kentucky. Um, and, and if Kansas moves up to that one seed, I would say them as well. Uh, Not I, Purdue? I, I, no, I just want to avoid. You scared of Zach Eady? Big Z? No, no, no. It's more of a, a like teams that will slow it down and play physical, like that try to get you in some half-court game. I worry about them dictating tempo. Uh, like Houston shouldn't scare me, but I just worry about them just bullying. Oh, it, it, it could be very South Carolina esque in that game. If the yeah. if the refs let them get away with it, but they could be having their hands out on UK's ball handlers out near the half court line. If they that's the way they play defense. It, that, Houston, I would have the least. I want to avoid them the most. Not because I think any of the one seeds Kentucky could beat, but I. Houston, yeah, I just don't, I don't want to deal with that style. Physical, yeah. tough, yeah, the, you know, dive on the floor. They do all. They do all of it. So they'd be the one I'd want to avoid the most. Second, I'd want to avoid the most is UConn. Yeah. They're just they're good. They're all the way around good. They could probably play fast with Kentucky if they needed to. 
uh, but they'd be more physical than UK and, and probably a little bit better in the half court too on both sides of the ball. Well, at least on the defensive side of the ball. But you kind of have second that I'd want to avoid. And then I probably would have UNC number three just because R.J. Davis – we kind of we, we maybe got fortunate that he had the game he did against Kentucky and he still had a decent game. He's just somebody that could put up a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of points. Um, I would like to see Purdue. They don't really scare me all that much. I think they, you know, they would score. Kentucky would score. It'd be a fast-paced game. Edie would get his, but I think I think Purdue would have a tougher time guarding Kentucky than Kentucky would have guarding Purdue. Believe it or not. So I'm not really scared of Purdue. I wouldn't mind seeing them. And then, yeah, Kansas, bring them on. If they're a one seed, please, fingers crossed. I'd love to see Kansas. I'd love to end Hunter Dickinson's career. How um, how many guys would foul out guarding Zach Eady? Oh, my. You may just want to, like, almost start Big Z just to, like, set the tone for fouls. You know, let him foul out by the under 12, and then, boom, you're having everybody else fresh for the rest of the game. You only got to go 32 minutes at that point. Yeah, you're down one of your bigs, but everybody else totally fresh. There you go. That's the strategy. Big Z on Big Z. Winner gets the Z. They just have it's instead of putting the the team on the bracket and smacking it off, you just rip a Z off the shirt, <laughs> and then he steals it. Oh, that'd be great. It'd be great. Uh, it'd also be great to take our final break. Let's do, do that. that. We'll come I back. Also, we got to talk about uh, just. A significant, significant milestone in the NFL last night. It's huge story, huge story coming out of the NFL that we haven't discussed. We got to get to that and much more as we wrap up our Friday show. All Good right, we'll do it. Roll call continues after this on the Big X. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. One final segment of the week before the Super Bowl this weekend. Cats versus Gonzaga. Kentucky Roll Call, Big X Sports Radio, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Appreciate you listening along. Get your text in, 502414. 1450 final text for the week. We'll do our best to try to get to all of them. Roush, you had a radio tease there to yep. end that last segment, and I'm I'm revved up, ready to go. Last night at the NFL Honors, we learned that it's more impressive to win games for the Cleveland Browns than dying and coming back to life. Fact. Joe Flacco, in a stunning upset, beat DeMar Hamlin for comeback player of the year. DeMar actually got more first place votes, uh, but lost the voting outright thanks to a bunch of second place, uh, second places for uh, Flacco. Edged him out 151 to 140. Um, many people are saying the fake punt where he got stopped short was. Uh, was what cost him on the honor. Man, you know what's crazy is if they convert that fake punt, he wins that award, no doubt. Yeah. Like yeah. the the truth of the matter is that fake punt did cost him the award. 
Now, maybe the results are the same if they don't run that fake punt to begin with. But had he gotten that, Definitely he is the lock the for comeback player yeah. of the year. I think we said that it was a lock in the preseason. Uh, hope hope nobody lost a, a ton of money uh, on that if, if you did. Sorry, it seemed like a shoe-in. You die on a football field, and then you come back to play the next year. I think you're normally a lock at that point. But insert Joe Cool going to the Browns, throwing a million interceptions, not winning a playoff game, and he says, sorry, I don't care if you defeated death. I want a wild card spot. And yet, at the end of the day, you got to wonder what's the bigger accomplishment, like what Jesus did 2,000 years ago or this run that Brock Purdy's on this year. You know, like at the end of the day, it's football. It's, it's football. And Joe Flacco did more of it than, than Hamlin did. I, I was shocked by that. The thing is, Joe Flacco's numbers weren't great either. Like, they were bad. Like, they could have been historically bad had he played an entire season just based on his splits. But they did, but, but, but they did, the, they yeah. did go to the playoffs, playoffs. And then how does the Browns coach win coach of the year? How does that not go to, to the Texans? To I thought it, yeah, it should have gone to D'Amico. I mean, they won a playoff game. They, um, Ryan's won a playoff game. They won three games the year before. I get the, everything yeah. with the Browns with their quarterback situation. And that's got to be really hard to juggle all that stuff and still make the playoffs. But the Texans won three games last year, and they led, were led by rookies. Yeah, led by a rookie, no less. And now, I guess some people will be like, "Yeah, but he's an amazing rookie." They've got a great talent at quarterback, and the Browns had no talent at quarterback. Yeah, whatever. They won three games. That was ridiculous. It should have definitely gone to D'Amico Ryan's. Scoots, did you see the guy who had a parlay of all the NFL award winners? Oh, Demar Hamlin was in that. No, 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 no. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, or actually. Hold up. I, I want to confirm because the one that he did miss, it was a $5 wager to win 650000 which is just, yeah. that's just ludicrous to say out loud. One of them he missed, Jalen Carter for Defensive Rookie of the Year. He had it by that, that was his only miss, was Jalen Carter for Defensive Rookie of the Year. And he lost something by like six votes to Will Anderson of the Texans. I saw this bet. I guess it was like three weeks, four weeks ago. It's crazy. And it, they, all his bets were favored at the time to win those awards. So, yeah, that sucks. That sucks. I wonder if he I was mean, getting any sort of cash out. Well, and it also makes you – like, I know it's FanDuel. FanDuel does some uh, – there, there's sometimes where I'm trying to place a parlay of a FanDuel, and I'm like, why can't I put these together? And – Seeing tickets like that makes me realize why they have limitations on some of their parlays because that would be crazy. Five, 650 or 680, excuse me, on a $5 wager, all by a couple votes. Uh, wild stuff, wild stuff. I did not watch NFL honors, though. I just, I can't, like, award shows, just total waste of time for me. I didn't I, even, I love the NFL. I didn't even realize they held, like, an official award ceremony type of deal. Well, it can make money and gets eyeballs. So that's that's what they do it for. Um, Somebody tweeted out at like eleven fifteen the MVP award. Is that when they announced it? it? I mean, it went late. Yeah. Like I complain about having to stay up late to watch UK basketball, something I dearly love and have for my entire life. Imagine staying up late to watch an NFL award show. 
I, I can't imagine. But, yeah, I got the app notification pretty late. And we all knew it was going to be Lamar, but um, I'm sure part of it is they're on West Coast time, so you want to have it at least start in prime time. But, yeah. Um, congrats, I, to, I, congrats to Lamar. Yep. He's got as many MVPs as playoff wins, right? Or is it more? Two MVPs, no? Yeah, two MVPs. Two playoff wins. Oh, I thought he might have only had one. But I guess he's got two now. Yeah, he only had one previously. So Correct. another year, an, another as many MVPs as playoff. Ooh, yeah. Well, what, what total will be higher when it's all said and done? The MVP awards or the playoff wins, which is a hilarious, like kind of trash talk roush, but it, it does its job for the Lamar contingent in town, for the, for right? The Vince, the Vince yeah, fans. he just needs help around him. He's just in a, he plays for the awards, though. He's not a team player. He doesn't care about the the big ones because he probably doesn't have the chops for it, right? At the end of the day, I think that's what he can – all the individual accolades he can do, but anything that's team-oriented, he's never been good at. And it's because he just doesn't have the chops, Roush, and he's never going to win a Super Bowl. I can comfortably say that. Never, ever will win a Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens, your two-time MVP. Give it up for him. His New Year's resolution should have been more chops. A texter from the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450, says, Hey, fellas, Brad from Bellbrook here. This take may be fueled by the devil's lettuce, but does Eric Wolford look like an Oompa Loompa, or did I eat too many gummies? He also said I mean, I see the, one in. I see, the, I, I see the resemblance. I don't think you ate too many gummies. Maybe not enough gummies, really said, uh, again, sorry for the double text, but does Wolford look like Pat McAfee, or is everybody just like Eric Wolford to me right now? LMA <laughs> I'd like it if uh, Brad from Bellbrook's wife or girlfriend came home, and, and she just looked like Eric Wolford to him. And just, <laughs> it was like a cartoon episode where just everybody in his life started to look like Eric Wolford to him, and he's like, what the hell's going on? Uh, that being said, the two people you sent in do both look like a, a resemblance to Eric Wolford. The question is, how did you stumble? How did you stumble upon all this? When you see the old McAfee pictures, when his hair was different and he just had kind of short curly hair, that 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 there's a lot of resemblance there. I see Kirk Herb Street, like a like a more heavy set Kirk Herb Street in Wolford. Yeah, he could be like Kirk Herb Street's cousin. Yeah, yeah, Have Dirk Dirk Herb Street. The, uh... <laughs> that was the Emmy name. <laughs> Have you uh, have you all seen the Kirk Herbstreit controversy that's got Georgia fans all fired up? Yeah, didn't he like advise a kid what to do, or they're they're taking it as he gave some recruiting advice or something like that? It's just such a um, like very internet off season thing to be mad about um, because. It was Rayola's uncle, who's the offensive line coach, who said that Kirk called him and said nice things about Nebraska. And the way he put it is he was like, you got to do this because Kirk, he just loves Nebraska and blah, 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 blah. So Georgia fans got very triggered. Kirk had to call in the fine bomb and try to clear the air. He didn't do a great job. But also, like, his point, I think, overall was just that, like, hey, you have all these connections to this historic program. It's going to mean more to you to go there than it would to try it somewhere else, which I think is – a very fair assessment. And also that that Kirk Herbstreit's phone call is not why Dylan Rayola went to Nebraska either. I just 
have a tough time feeling any sort of sympathy for Georgia football, anything involving recruiting. Big whoop, Georgia. Big whoop. Yeah. Cry cry more. You lost a guy. It wasn't Kirk's fault. Somebody or Dirk's fault. Somebody just wanted to go elsewhere. Another texter says on the Thornton's, I'll post those pictures, Brad, from Bellbrook on the Kentucky Roll Call Instagram story. So check that out there if you're interested. So like Brian here texting in from the Waste Management Open. I think this text came in at like 4 a.m. or something. One, I need some golf picks. Two, Scoots, what's your favorite Harry Potter animal capture? Let's all remember, UK hasn't played well, but Scooter still has a chance with the LDS woman. Who's the LDS woman? I I have no idea. Isn't he like uh, the – Isn't yeah, he's like the one that always wants me to go to the Mormon dating things, right? Why do they say oh, okay. yeah. Why do they say there That's we right. We, I think we do that every time. I think we, we don't remember what the LDS is. In terms of my favorite uh, creature capture so far, it'd be the Deerodol. It's a, it's like a dodo bird. Pretty cute looking thing. What'd you do with it? I uh, put it in my I got a uh, I don't want to know. A vivarium. Know. It's like a it's like a world that they can be safe. <laughs> I hope you didn't get too wet, Salt Lake Brian. It was a rainy one yesterday. Play got suspended uh early. I was on Burns. That's not looking all that great. And I was really hoping for JT Poston. He's kind of he's kind of been knocking on the door. He's going to get one sooner than later. I feel it in my plums. I think this year's going to be the year for him. The waste management won't be the tournament for him. But he had a terrible first round. He was two over. So it ain't going to be him today. Uh, Thigala, he's knocked on the door. Has he ever won? Did he win the waste management? Or did he just like blow it and he was really close? I remember that was part of the feature on that golf documentary, Scoots. But he's, I think, leading after day one. So he he's going to he's gonna be in the thick of it. But now, you know, the juices and odds are all skewed and messed up. So I haven't even looked at it, uh, Salt Lake City, Brian. So I'm not your golf guy this week or any week, really. I remember Sahith winning one tournament. I'm not sure if that was the one, though. I think the, the Netflix show, like, was one of the features was him – coming up short in that tournament and his parents still loved him afterwards which was oh, you may be nice. right yeah yeah nice to see parents still loving their kids are you despite, still gonna just, love lucy when she loses her golf tournament heavens no no walk home I, yeah. I was disappointed and frustrated following the tennessee loss kentucky needs to beat gonzaga and ole miss with momentum heading into auburn and i think the fan base will be rocking and rolling again no you're you're exactly right you got to win these next two games you're at home again and then Ah, you should still, you should already be rocking and rolling. But you win these two games, folks are going to feel solid going into Auburn. And anything short of like a 30-point loss at Auburn, Roush, you'll be playing with house money to a certain extent. I would like to see a win down there. It'd be fun. But if your expectations, Kentucky has to win that game at Auburn. You just don't watch enough college basketball, unfortunately. Um, but I agree with you, Texter. Win these next two and uh, everything will be everything will be all right in the intermediate. Yeah, the, the really a lot of it is just hey, uh, win. Should we win? We're happy. If we lose, we're not. Uh, yeah. It goes back to your lock tweet from yesterday that you read on there, which is Te- texture says. Now I understand why this station has right wing extremist ads. I think we would have a different definition of extremist. Uh, the other texture says, seventy seven year old Trump is senile as well, and isn't the sharpest tool in the shed. 
just objective objectively though they're they're different mentally and anybody that's heard the two talk would would well, see that and the thing with trump and that his advantage is he's spoken nonsense his entire life so you can't really differentiate between senility and just like trump nonsense you know uh, there's there's a difference between trump speak and dementia right right uh, sadly like, i mean sadly and the, and the other part too is that like I don't know how much of it is eighty is dementia versus like, dude, you're just eighty one. You're you're an could elderly be. person. Could, could be who like and, is is under a very intense pressure cooker job every day. Uh, you should not be. Like you should be like enjoying life and not doing this. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally understand the people that don't like Trump. I, I cannot understand the people that would vote for Biden again. Um, that's not an endorsement of one candidate versus another. I just can't. I, I don't know how you could, in good faith, be like, "This is the guy to lead our country." I mean, kind of like the alternatives. Kind of like what Rouse said earlier. I don't know how anybody's going to vote for either of these guys. Yeah, but like, and that's fine. Again, I can. If you don't like Trump, I'm not here to convince you otherwise. But like, one, it almost seems like it, it's elder abuse. I mean, just quite literally, elder abuse. Um, hey, but you know what? I, Yesterday was probably a good day for RFK Jr., I would imagine. Because <laughs> there's some people that are like, you know, I just want to vote for the guy that's not Trump and that can win, and that's Biden, even though I don't like Biden. Um, but I think yesterday was a pretty bad day for Biden. I wouldn't be shocked if he ended up not even running uh, when the election came, and instead it was just Kamala. But good day for RFK Jr. yesterday, I would imagine. I bet his campaign was pretty happy with the way things shook out yesterday. Uh, Texter says, y'all probably already talked about it, or have seen it, but how good? How about that Will Levis poker hand last night? He called the flop. Odds of doing that correctly are one in twenty-two thousand. Pretty cool. It was pretty cool, TJ, because he was playing. You know, he's doing the kind of Vegas rounds, playing celebrity poker. Had King Ace went all in, and then on the flop, he just kind of says under his breath, uh, "I believe four eight nine." Is what he said, and then it just came over four eight nine, and he's like, "What? Wow! What? What? <laughs> or yeah, eight nine four. Um, pretty wild. Pretty wild stuff." I'm watching the video now. That's he's just standing up like, huh? It's Did crazy. He, does he go on to win the hand? Yeah, yeah. He ends up winning the hand. Uh, he gets a eight, or really just I think nothing comes up. Almost gets a flush. Uh, but man, I haven't played a good Texas Hold'em tournament in. A long time. Uh, I, mi- um, I miss it seeing this seeing this clip. Well, good for him. That's pretty impressive. I mean, it doesn't doesn't win you any money, unfortunately, but it's a cool thing to do. This is also the most uh, Roush hand ever when I'm playing cash games. Which cash games a little bit different, where you're not just going all in. Like you're just trying to you just want to win that hand and live to see another day, get some money. But where you come out with some great cards. And you're like, ooh, King Ace, let me see what comes out on the flop. And there's just you never get another card. You just never see anything else. That that's th- those are the worst poker hands. Yeah, it seems like for me either I'll get good hands, but nothing on the board, or I'll get bad hands and also nothing on the board. Well, either or. I'll get good hands or bad hands. Or it's um, like you get a three five and then you flop a straight after already folding on the uh, before the flop comes out, you know, stuff like that. We're just like, come on, let's time this luck up, shall we? Come on. Dexter says, you're doing a great job on the afternoon show, Scoots. Was listening on the road the other day. I agree with that, Dexter. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate job, that. Scoots. It's 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 tough. It's tough to talk about Louisville for three hours, but we make it happen. 
I love that Scooch will come in after a game and just be like, yeah, I didn't, didn't watch, didn't watch the game, but I heard other people talk about it. So I can, I can talk too. <laughs> I, I, you should, you should just lie about it. And you should. Like, and then if you and have like really strong, game. strong takes, be like Trey white didn't play enough. He got to get him the ball. He was on the money last. Don't even look at the box score. You got to <laughs> do that. One of the games. <laughs> Just the most outlandish, and like be really like Trevor Kelsey stubborn ass about him, you know. Mm-hmm. Like just really dig those heels in, and just like contrary to any public information, factual, or like anything. argue with Mike, argue like argue with the person who actually watched the game, and then at the end of the segment, be like, "And I, I didn't watch any last night." <laughs> Is that something you may do, Scoots? I would definitely listen to that show. I will. Uh, I'll think about it in the future. Would would make for some good radio. Just be fun, you know, just, just get total blind. blind. The issue is you do you you do hear about U of L enough throughout the yeah. day, but that could almost even make it better. Where you'd be like, now Spears was saying that they needed to get the ball inside more. He is so wrong. You just do a whole day of it. <laughs> now Roush, what's going to happen? He's going to do that with us in UK. He's, <laughs> the call is going to be coming from inside the house. He's going to get he's going to get us all riled up on Monday, and then he's going to be like, you guys got got. But but here's the problem though, TJ. Scoots is too nice to to dig his heels in. That's true. He'll get bullied around. Yeah. He got bullied Man. around yesterday. He's no, such a big crap, Rouse. Bull crap. I got bullied around yesterday. I bullied you around, pal. Oh, you want to get bullied? Let's take it out <laughs> behind the back alley. The truth is, Scoots is such a big Cats fan. He couldn't bring himself to not watch a UK game. And... It'd kill him. It would kill him not to see the blue and white running up and down the floor. It'd be a lot of fun. it'd be two hours of fun I missed out on. Sadly, there are some parallels between UK and U of L. Like both are offensive oriented, both have long, long ways to go defensively. Um, it, one coach makes a little bit more sense than the other in the post game press conferences. But yes, the level of Scoot's analysis for the game yesterday was: I listened to the pregame radio show, and Kenny Payne didn't sound stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That was the extent. That's true, Scoots. Is that about your analysis? For pretty, pretty accurate. Yep. Brother, brother, was like, "Well, what he saying?" He was like, well, "Nothing. I mean, nothing interesting." But like, it, he, you know, he didn't sound embarrassing. <laughs> you could like almost hear the air coming out of Rutherford being like, "Oh man, I actually thought it was going to be like a good point or something like that." Nah. <laughs> Another texter on the Thornton's text line says, "Kirby, to be fair, Browns were playing with the replacements. F the QB situation. They lost the best running back in the league." I just it was a three win Texans team and they won a playoff game and yes the rookie QB was really good but it's still a rookie QB I get it the Browns had their own stuff going on as well and they had a good season both coaches did a good job I just I I would have not thought twice about giving it to the Texans coach uh, Texter says great point why does Lamar hate his teammates so much seems counterproductive um. Yeah, maybe he just doesn't like him. Um, I would like it if Kentucky beat Gonzaga tomorrow. Uh, we made it pretty clear in the first segment. If you didn't listen, check it out on the podcast. But feeling pretty good about where the Cats are right now. Um, this, But I, I do anticipate a, another high-scoring game and another – I mean, Rob's so hot right now. Just So hot. Can't, can't let him uh, lose this in March, but right now he's so hot and he's going to stay hot tomorrow night at Rob. I'm feeling a big Reed Shepard game. You never know what the the Vegas books, what player points they're going to give you or not. But I think this is going to be – Reed's going to have some open shots. 
take advantage of him sort of deal. I like his over on points, whatever it may end up being. We'll have to see. And I think Antonio Reeves has – I think this is going to be a nice, quiet, high-scoring Antonio Reeves game where you look down and you're like, oh, man, he had 23 points. That's, that's crazy. So I think big games from Reed and Shepard. Dillingham maybe cools off a little bit, but that's a bold take at this time. I still take the Cats to win. Scoots, you expecting anything crazy from Rupp Arena tomorrow? I'm expecting a big blue ass whoop in 96. Yeah. 96-79, Cats get it done. Wow. Yeah. And then also a nice big DeSales beatdown courtesy of the St. X Tigers tonight. Go Suck green it, and gold. I think Everybody I'm have- uh, bringing my other partner because you're skipping out on me. I think Luckett's going to join me. I never said I was out, by the way. Uh, never said I was out. We're out of time, and we'll be back on Monday. Have a good weekend. Be safe. The 49ers win the Super Bowl. The Cats win the Gonzaga UK Bowl. Everybody enjoy it. This is what I see. Everybody stop. I got to show it. Show it. Show it. Show it. I'm sexy and I know it.